Hey guys, welcome to uh, the Filipino American Ministry Podcast. I'm your mm-hmm. host, Henrik, and this is our host, co-host, Aaron, and our guest, Neo. So I hope you enjoy. We're, our topic for today is going to be, is it unbiblical to be a Filipino American church? All right, welcome everybody. So um, as your co-host, I'm going to be asking Henrik the first question. So let's start with this first question. How do we define a Filipino American church? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think there's there's one main one, which is uh, the church is predominantly Filipino American. The pastor is Filipino uh, from the Philippines, and then all of from the, the Philippines. Wait, 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 wait. So you saying you can't have a? Does it have to be a Filipino from the Philippines? Well, I'm just giving the majority Filipino ah, okay, church. Okay. What what does the main ones look like? All right. Yeah, and then so yeah, Filipino uh, pastor from Philippines, and then it probably has the word Filipino in their name, uh, or Philippines <laughs> in their name. So those are typical ones. The other ones are maybe less popular. Is a second generation uh, Filipino American and. He's attracting other Filipino Americans in his congregation. Yeah, but basically, what we're talking about is a church that is mainly majority Filipino American. Do you have anything else to add, Aaron? Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I think um, culturally, it's you can tell it's Filipino or Filipino American, right? Like you go in there and just. After the service, there's lumpia and pancit and yeah. whatever like Filipino food. It's just structured in a way that's very Filipino. Um, be- the way people relate to each other, the way people talk, um, the respect uh, to like older people. You can kind of just see that when you go in there. And mm-hmm. I think also other than that, it's um, the missiological focus. I guess like people are the focus is on reaching out mostly to. I mean, I guess they don't really like outright say that they're focusing mainly on Filipinos, but because that's kind of like their circle of influence, that's who they reach out mainly to. Yeah, naturally they uh, reach out to other Filipino American friends. Yeah. All right, I guess uh, it's a good time to switch to the next question. What does the Bible have to say about Filipino American churches? Well, I think uh, to start off, I think we we need to look at what does the Bible say about ethnicity, and um, I think uh, one thing we can say is that God is a God of uh, culture. Like He He has um, created many people, uh, many people groups in His image, and there are different culture groups, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, I don't think our God is a God who doesn't like diversity or He doesn't like culture. Um, but he does, um, he created all the different culture groups. He loves them all. And we can see that in the, the arc of, um, the story of the gospel and how God has, he chose Israel, but then he, now he is, uh, reaching, um, even Jew and Gentile, um, to bring them to him. And in revelations, we see all these, uh, nations, tribes, and tongues worshiping God together. Uh, so I think that's the first thing that we can say about Filipino American churches. Yeah, do you have anything to add? Um, well, definitely I think there is room for... I'm just trying to think about this question. What does the Bible have to say about Filipino American churches? I don't know if there is any, like a... Uh, specific thing that it says about Filipino American churches maybe I think the more appropriate question is like is there room for American Filipino American churches and I would definitely say yes to that I think there is room for immigrant churches in general I think that um, like even in the Bible you see that um, God pursues specific people groups um, you know like Jonah to the people of Nineveh or uh, Paul to the Gentiles. Um, it's not that you know we're leaving out the majority 
or the other cultures is just that it's one way to reach all the nations. Sometimes um, God sends us to a specific people group. So I think, you know, that's probably the role of um, some, I mean, that's probably the role of um, immigrant churches in general. So like, you know, Filipino Americans are best equipped to reach out to Filipino Americans. And so it's, again, it's not that, you know, we're trying to ignore other cultures. I mean, not really. It's just that if you really think about it, it's kind of um, uh, wiser actually to um, have Filipino-Americans or a specific culture reach out to the same culture. It's just a lot easier that way, I think. Yeah, so you're thinking of, uh, like practically speaking, it's easy for, it's easier for uh, Filipino-Americans to reach out to other Filipino-Americans. Yeah, that's true. But also, like, even, like, just looking in the Bible, um, I mean, God does have a heart for specific people groups, right? And again, not taking away from from our call to reach all the nations, right? I think, uh, I, I mean, that's a calling that we all, that we should try to fulfill, right? To reach all the nations. Um but the way that I see it is it's not in contrast against like targeting a specific people group. I'm looking at targeting a specific people group as a means to target all nations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like um, Epic. Have you heard of Epic? I think so. I've heard a little bit about them. Yeah, we went to their conference. Yeah, Epic. Uh, I remember hearing their vision is uh, they're an ethnic uh, not ethnic, but their focus is on Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the in their vision, uh, what their goal is is they're trying to reach the world through Asian Americans. So I thought that was, uh, yeah, that's in line with what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm not like even if you think about like uh, strategy and reaching out. Um, the uh, the unreached right it's not like you don't say oh i'm gonna go out and reach like everybody it's just like a silly strategy it just doesn't work right like usually you you pick a people group you pray about it you learn the language you learn the culture and uh you know and and you start with that and that it doesn't make sense to to um be so broad i think it's kind of like it's not effective, basically. Yeah, you're you're talking about missions, right? Like if yeah, you go yeah, to yeah. A like in the context country. of missions. So, like in the same way, um, there is a there is a gap, you know, that uh, the majority Christian culture where they can't reach uh, Filipinos or Filipino Americans just because you know they don't. Uh, it's not their circle of influence. They don't understand the culture or or maybe just the language even the filipinos speak english sometimes you know filipinos especially first generation they're kind of shy to speak english uh you know they say nosebleed <laughs> nosebleed <laughs> yeah there's a class speak english yeah there's a classic example in my church where um someone was coming from work she came to a bible study and then uh, there were people there who didn't speak Tagalog. And then what happened was um, they said, oh, you can't, you guys can't speak Tagalog. You guys have to speak English because there's a non-Tagalog speaker here. And then she said, oh, I'm so tired of speaking English <laughs> because she spoke English all day. I think I work. know who that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, even though Filipinos speak English or they're good at it, that doesn't mean that they're comfortable speaking it all the time or that it's not a their preference of it's not their heart language basically yeah 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 i mean we have to kind of adjust somehow yeah and i think that's the uh, value of filipino american churches um because they allow um people to communicate in their heart language like their struggles and their um 
their concerns and they can talk to someone and hear, um, like feel the love of God through people in their culture. So I think that's another value of Filipino American churches. Hmm. So do you think there are benefits or advantages of, you know, being a Filipino American church? Or, there are advantages or ethnic church in general like what are what advantages are there to being an ethnic church specifically filipino american church yeah so i think uh, yeah kind of like what you said like uh, it's it's it has a missional advantage where you can reach certain people uh that you wouldn't be able to reach um like in in my region uh there are a lot of filipino uh, Americans that are immigrating here mm-hmm. and a lot of them actually my church grew a lot because um, there were people who were visiting our church because they saw us online they were looking for a Filipino church and um, yeah they were looking specifically for a Filipino church a lot of our members we asked them how did how did you who invited you here and they said oh, I was looking for a Filipino church and sometimes it's because they're looking for Filipino community because they're immigrants and um, I think even for me, uh, when I go to a when I go to a region of the country, uh, I visit try to visit Filipino American churches. Um, yeah, it's not that I don't like <laughs> like a majority yeah, culture yeah, yeah. or multi ethnic churches, but I'm also like curious to see when I visit other states. Like I'm curious to to look at. I feel at home in in some way when I go to Filipino American churches. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I mean, I think you're right about that. Definitely for me and my family, when we moved to the States, the first thing we tried to look for was a, you know, a Filipino church. Um, it's the it's the first place where we can find community, you know, people that, you know, where you were, it's a new land, it's a strange land where we're not sure how things work. And so, you know, just being in a Filipino church, kind of comfortable right like that's where i found my first friends uh first deep community um where i can eat filipino food (laughs) so like it's a place of comfort um and you know i think that that's uh you sort of mentioned it already but that is an advantage because um uh i think um Asian uh, immigration in general it's not like it's slowing down or anything like that it's actually like increasing every year and so when you have um, immigrants come to the US a lot of them might not be Christians a lot of them might just be looking for a place where they can find community or even a job right like job opportunity if they can talk to somebody who knows somebody or like a place to live right like somebody who knows somebody that's just how it works in our culture um and so that kind of presents um an opportunity to be able to share the gospel to them i think yeah it's interesting you brought that up because i actually i have some statistics um yeah i got some of these statistics from a together for the gospel talk it says in 2012 um there was 18.9 million asian americans and it's expected to double by 2050 and they say that uh, it's expected that 10% of the U.S. will be Asian American by 2050. Um, and then, uh, and on top of that, Asian American growth rate is estimated to exceed all other ethnic racial groups in America. So there is yeah. a definitely a lot of uh, Asian Americans coming to America. And so, yeah, like you said, there's a there's a there's a strategic purpose for. Um, Filipino American churches or Asian American churches in general to minister to these immigrants who are coming here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's uh, switch a little bit and talk about what are what about like disadvantages. Yeah, disadvantages. I think the main disadvantage um, why, why uh, immigrant churches are crit- criticized is because they seem to be like a cultural bubble where they're not really reaching out to their community. If it's like a Filipino American church, 
um, a lot of criticism that happened in my church is like we are located in a city, but we're not really interacting with our community. We just interact with each other, other Filipinos in the community, but not interacting with um, non-Filipinos. And we also have non-Filipino co-workers, friends. And how do we, like, how is our church going to minister to them? Because when we, like, I had this issue when I was young, I had a Chinese friend and I invited him to my church. And I also invited his family to my church, but there was like a cultural gap and it felt awkward uh, for when I visited or when they visited. Hmm. Um, so, so ever since that experience, I've always been having a hard time inviting my friends to my church. I usually like try to have taught, um, share the gospel with them and then encourage them to go to a church that I know of. So that's a, that's a whole nother issue. Um, yeah, I could definitely see that. I think like, because it's so monocultural, it's easy for like others outside of the culture to feel out of place. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're a visitor and you're not Filipino and you're at that church, you're going to feel like, oh, I don't belong here. Uh, hello, everybody. We've got a guest here. We're talking about uh, Filipino-American churches. We were sort of talking about this subject last time we were talking. So I thought, you know, it'd be great to bring you yeah. here. Cool. And, yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we were just talking about the advantages and disadvantages of ethnic churches. Specifically, yeah. I guess, like Filipino-American church, since that's kind of the context that we have grew up in. Okay. You know? So, uh, so yeah, any, any thoughts about that? Well, I mean, I always have thoughts. Uh, I I think, I don't know. I think we talked about it last time, right? Like, yeah, there are advantages and disadvantages. You said you gain something, but you also lose something when you become like a multi-ethnic church. And, And I get that, but um, uh, uh, let me let me uh, put the context so Henrik understands. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about this church that was a language church, but became but is trying to become multicultural, and so they're losing the the language church aspect of it. Uh, they're gaining something like you know becoming more multicultural. I think we're talking about this right, like the the danger of uh, the disadvantage of of uh, a language church is that it's monocultural that when someone from majority culture comes in they feel out of place right so in a way like right when 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 the language church becomes a a multicultural church they open up more to the community around them so that's kind of like what they gain but what they lose is the advantage that we're talking about that like you know, immigrant, the immigration in the U.S. of Asians, um, Asians in general is not going down. It's actually rising up. And like I was telling in my story that like the first place I go to to find community is the Filipino church. That's where I try to find people I can be comfortable with. I can speak my language. I can eat Filipino food. I can find a job. I can find a place to live in because, you know, it's just because I... Um, Maybe my cousin knows somebody there whose uncle owns something, and that's just kind of like how it works in in the Asian American context, I guess, or in the Filipino American context. So, uh, so anyways, that's kind of the, the the context I was telling I was telling Neo that like yeah, I think yeah. it's you lose something in the sense of being of the advantage of being an ethnic church, right? You and you gain something of being a multicultural, but I guess it's like a trade-off, right? Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the... I think you, you know... With multicultural churches, like, I just I just see the the church... If it's, if it's you know, if, we're, if the language is understood by everybody... That's just my, my thing is like, 
it just happens. Like the multicultural aspect of the pre- like the preaching of the gospel, if it's understood in a in a language, it just culture culture just multicultural stuff just happens. Like there will be different people, like uh, different ethnicities, and just uh, God calls you know all these people who speak the same language. I think that's what I was. That those are like where my thoughts are are dwelling because I don't I don't think I don't think the churches need to be ethnocentric. Um, even though there's a cultural, uh, you know, factor to to life, especially as an immigrant, I get that. Like when you were saying, what did what did we do when we got here? We Googled Filipino church. I understand that, right? Uh, for the immigrant, right? America is just a, it's it's a interesting. It's all immigrants, but if if we all like, if we all grew up here for for the people who grew up here and speak English, and are are in understanding the language in that way, it just the church just. It just happens. I, I don't know how else to say it. Well, it. What do you mean by the church? It just happens. What just happens? Like, whether or not you're actively seeking out um, ethnic diversity, it seems like if you're just, if you just faithfully preach the gospel uh, in common grace, that might just happen. Whether or not you're actively, like, making a thing for it, you know, I, I don't know if that makes sense. So you're yeah, saying that? A, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just I was just gonna say that I know a church that um, yeah that 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 happened where uh, the it's a Presbyterian church and the, the pastor he said we're not trying to be multi-ethnic, we just preach the gospel and then and it, it um, just happens. And then he also ministers to his con- current congregation, uh, whoever is there. Like if they're Asian, he just caters his gos- his his um, sermon to those uh, Asians because he's Asian. Um, but then if there are non-Asians, he also keeps that in mind, and he preaches the gospel in a way that ministers to those people. So he gets to know his congregation, and then uh, somehow over time, his church became multi-ethnic. So yeah, but I think um, or Aaron, were you gonna say something? No. Well, I think uh, I think that's true. I mean, I think that can happen, but I think uh, there's also like culture is not just language. I mean, I think there are still like cultural ways of of worshiping God. So I think, um, for example, if it's a Filipino church and they just focus on preaching the gospel faithfully. I don't think that they're. I don't think they're. They might not naturally uh, become multi-ethnic because um, their cultural expression of uh, being Christians. I think they'll be able to minister to other Filipino Americans, and um, his their message will be like it's going to be the same gospel. It's going to be faithful, but it's going to be focused more on a different aspect that resonates better with. Filipinos, for example, shame. Like other cultures, they focus on guilt, and um, so they're more when they hear the gospel in the, the with a guilt lens, uh, basically talking about how Jesus died to take away your guilt. Then, um, yeah, that's a different than from a pastor who's talking about God has died to take away your shame. So I think they can still be faithful, but I think that. Um, they will still it's still possible to attract only a certain type of uh, ethnicity because of their cult, because of the way that the pastor's um, contextualizing the gospel for his congregation yeah it might also help if we start sort of um, define it's always good to define define what it is that makes 
What is a Filipino-American church? Are there examples in the Bible or times in the Bible where we see a focus on a specific people group? Greeks and Jews, right? People of Nineveh? Or, yeah, Greeks and Jews. Gentiles. But Gentiles is, uh, I don't know, that might be like a mix of people. Yeah. I think we mentioned barbarians and Scythians before. But I, I was just going to say, like, it's it's good. It's good you brought up, like, what is a church? Uh, I just... I just bought a documentary. I, I just was watching it right before you guys called me. It's uh, it's called The Church, and it's 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 uh so far so good. It's a uh, it's a pretty good uh, you know, it's talking about the apostolic ministry of the church, and and I think I'm on this part where they're talking about the foundation, and uh, the foundation is laid just once doesn't need to be laid over and over again and whatever we had from the apostolic teaching we are now just like because the guy was saying what is it themelios is the greek word for foundation i didn't take greek so i'm just taking it from him and then the the word the greek word that was used for like churches and congregations later was like pillars so like you know we're just we're just building upon what was laid by Christ and the apostles. So what, what the church is, it's the assembly of God's people. And whether that be a cultural homogeny, uh, homogeneity, yeah, a homogenous group of people or, or a, a bunch of different people, however that manifests itself, regardless of what it is, it's one new man. It's one. Uh, it's it's a. Uh, it's one new man in Christ. It's the bride. I think that that's the more important thing about church. That's the most important thing. That that it's, you know, that it belongs to Christ, and that it's in the world but not of the world. And regardless of what it looks like to the world, it's. It's a specific thing to Jesus. Um, I think that that kind of that should probably be the more the focus of what a church should be called, like should be made up of, rather than ethnic uh, diversity. Like, like I mean, I, I remember we talked about like I don't think we should do like I, I'm not a, I'm not under the conviction that we should do like affirmative action in the church. Like you have to have this many, uh, have to have this many brown, black, and you know, uh, this many elders in your in your in your elder board. Like, it does it's not prescribed. It in scripture, it's not really taught. Although the church is made up of all these different peoples and cultures, that's a wonderful thing to see. But uh, it it's something that is just. It's just part of what uh, makes up a church. It's not the thing that makes it. This is a cool podcast. I, I'd follow. We're uh, th- we're, gonna, we're talking about a Filipino American ministry. That's cool, man. I'm cool with that. Called fam. Are you fam? Fam, man. Fam. I understand fam as Founders Alliance member, but that's because <laughs> I, I follow Founders Ministries. But fam. Phil Am, I'm totally down with that. I mean, I I I I love that you know we that God made us the way we are. I don't, you know, I don't despise that. It it would be bad for someone to say, it's bad that God made me this way. I I don't want people to think that, you know, where they they think they're a certain color uh, of skin and therefore not not desirable or not you know not good enough or or something like that. You know, even even in the Philippines, the way like you know bleaching products are are sold, it's like due to make you whiter. So I mean, there's I don't want people to think that like God made us. God made us in. He made us. Yeah, we were fearfully and wonderfully made, and we are made for His glory in all these different ways. You know, and and if 
that manifests itself in whatever church you're in. You have Filipinos. Filipinos are everywhere, man. It's not just in America. Like it's everywhere. Like my uh, one of the guys who's at my church now, he's a pastor from Shanghai. He said there were Filipinos in his church in Shanghai. They'd always show up late, but that's besides the point. So, you know, like th- th- we're everywhere, you know? And, and I think that's, that's just cool about our, about our culture, our community. There's, there's this joke that uh, is the question, like, uh, what are the two things that you find everywhere in the world? Filipinos. Potatoes and Filipinos. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say dumplings. <laughs> Every culture has a dumpling, you know? Um, but anyways, I think this kind of leads us, though, to another question. Yeah, I was going to say something about Neo's thing. Oh, go ahead. I think the question, is it unbiblical to be a Filipino-American church? I think it is possible. Like, like with any... Yeah, I think it, there, there is times when it is unbiblical. And I think uh, the common one is when they're centered around a certain ethnicity, um, and it is it has that it has that bias to become unbiblical because, or it has that temptation become to become unbiblical because of that um, what you've mentioned, Neo. That sometimes, or a lot of times, maybe uh, Filipino American churches become more cultural. Uh, cultural groups or uh, like social clubs, social cultural club. club. Yeah. yeah, they become more of like a Filipino community center rather than it actually being centered on the gospel, centered on Christ. And there's this, uh, there's this phrase that I heard, it's called the culture gospel swap, where they, it was coined, um, yeah, it was coined by this pastor, I forgot his name. But yeah, anyways, he was saying that uh, we, tra- we attract people to our church through the culture. And then we we have like this bait and switch where now we bring in the gospel. And then because they have no other community, because they are looking for people who are like them, they have no choice but to stay. And then they say, yes, we'll be, we'll join your church, we'll get baptized, etc. But they're not really called to believe, actually believe in the gospel. So I think, yeah, in summary, uh, if the church is like, the, I think every Filipino American church needs to watch out for that, where they need to make sure that their church is not just a Filipino club, where but it's actually um, seeing how the go- I think the best way for a Filipino American church is seeing how does the gospel um, speak to my Filipino American identity, and how does how can I empower other Filipino Americans to um, reach other other ethnicities and other people that they're interacting with. That link I sent you about uh, Nine Marks writing this that new new article they wrote about uh, Asian American church. Jeremy Young is the state of the immigrant churches. If you go down to the bottom, they actually have another article related to it called I think like make sure they're not just immigrants but Christians. Oh yeah, yeah. Something like that, I think. But yeah, I think Neil, you might be interested in that. Um, They're they're writing a new series of articles, Nine Marks. Interesting. I mean, on immigrant churches. I haven't been following Nine Marks as much recently, but I should I should look into that actually. The the articles you're talking about, send them to me. I I I think they didn't they have a writer who was actually a Filipino pastor. Yeah, I think the writers for this one are like mostly Asian Americans. Yeah. So I remember seeing articles by a Filipino guy, and I was like, because I saw his last name, and I was like. Oh, that guy's gotta be Filipino, you know. Like, yeah, I, th- I think that would be great because, like, a lot of the 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 struggles or the the thinking that's happening, I, I at least from what I see, uh, with regards to Asian American churches, are in like Korean or Chinese churches. Not, I don't see much like, um, you know, ideas, uh, you know, exchange of ideas in the Filipino pastors. It's it's weird too. Like when when you think about Asian cultures in general, like like um, like I was asking my Chinese friend if he was going to send his Chinese kid or his his kids to Chinese school, right? Because he's from Hong Kong, his wife is from Singapore, and then uh, like the, they're friends at my church. Like me and Brian, actually, we we're supposed to pray tonight, but his, his son got busy. Anyways, um, we. 
I was I was asking him if he was going to send his kids to Chinese school, and he was like, "I want to, but it's it's just it's not feasible, you know." But I know other parents who are like, "Yeah, we'll send our kids to Chinese school," or like, you know, stuff like that. Um, like Filipinos, I don't, you don't have Filipino school, you know. <laughs> you don't have anything like that. I, I feel like Korean and Chinese culture is like very strong. So even if you are an immigrant, you understand like you keep some cultural heritage, and, and it's it's a strong one. For the Filipino, I think it's more like uh, assimilation to whatever culture uh, you're in, which is why Filipinos are able to like be everywhere. One of the reasons I think is like we we can we can work anywhere. Um. And we we go into the culture and we're there. Uh, now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But like, maybe that's one of the things about the Filipino church is it's not hard to have those like tensions that are like in the Korean or or Chinese churches. Maybe maybe yeah. it's not, not maybe it's not like on that level because of how Filipinos assimilate in a different way. I, I don't know if that has any bearing on uh, like what we're talking about, but I, it was just something I was thinking about. Yeah. No, I think I'm, I mean, it might, like, I think uh, Asian American churches, they have their own, like, you know, different Asian Americans have their own struggles, right? Like Filipinos in general, at least from my experience, I don't know this, the statistics for it but most filipino american immigrants who come to the u.s are able to communicate in english right i mean there are some who don't nosebleed nosebleed i don't understand english or i don't want to speak in english or you know i mean i definitely had my first my first year in the u.s where i'm still thinking of the response and you know people who speak english are already like talking about the next subject so i couldn't communicate because it was very hard for me to like think fast enough to know what to say right like i understood it but for me to communicate like to have a conversation it was very difficult and for some people that takes longer like i know someone at my church they've been here for three years and still very difficult for this person to like communicate right when it's like english so um but you know that might be on him and i think in general though like just it, most Filipino Americans do try and, and they, they do speak English um, but yeah I think um, Filipino Americans in general we have our like if it was like level of difficulty I suppose for us it's not as hard as compared to like an immigrant church that really do not understand English and don't speak English like I feel like that's yeah that's hard but still it doesn't I don't want to uh, minimize I think there is still a difference um, yeah that is enough to uh, warrant like a Filipino American church I think yeah I think uh, definitely when I when I went to a KCM my campus ministry I could see the difference I, I could see the similarities between our church experience but it was my first time to hear about English ministry yeah. because in Filipino American churches everything is in English except for the fellowship, except for the fellowship. <laughs> but um, the in the other churches they had a China, they had a Mandarin service they had a Cantonese service they had an English ministry and then Koreans they had KM EM Korean ministry Korean church uh, American uh, English church so I think, and also I had friends, like I would go eat lunch with their friends and their parents and the kids would uh, order food for their parents in English. And it was just like, at, we would just be at Chipotle. And then my Korean friend, he, he ordered for his, he would ask his dad what he wanted and he would just order the food for his dad because his dad was so, uh, he didn't speak English that much. Um, so he had to order for his friend, uh, his dad. So I can see how, like, if he would, if he's in a church too, how valuable the Korean ministry is and how valuable, like, Mandarin, Cantonese 
uh, ministry. And so I think, like Aaron said, like there's that, um, there is that the Filipino American church does has a, has more of an advantage to become more welcoming and also to assimilate because yeah, they are speaking faster, English. maybe. Yeah, yeah they in, assimilate in, faster. Speaking English definitely helps that uh, process. Yeah, and I think also because American culture has been a big part of Filipino culture too. So like they know, uh, yeah, they're aware of like different American uh, pop culture. Like my parents, they grew up, they were in the Philippines, but they know uh, like ABBA and like, what else? <laughs> Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen. Oh my God. So like they already have- I, I heard the piano roll in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So they still, so it's easier, I guess it's easier for them to assimilate, especially in American context, because they already have that, um, that influence from American culture before. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, like, I'm just thinking eschatologically that there won't be like, it will just all be together. Right. We'll all just all be together. Um, so, all, although there are languages now, there's a. I was I was listening to a pastor talk about this. He was saying that in Babel, the unity was a unity of rebellion against God, and the judgment was that God scattered them in a way that they wouldn't be able to unite in a. In a, in, in a meaningful way like that again. So the languages kind of separate and, and geographically people are separated. But what Christ does through, through the gospel, he's bringing people together. Uh, and then we'll see the consummation of that, you know, on the day of Christ, that the, the, the disunity that God uh, you know, made, he's going to make a unity that can't be broken. Just like the disunity that can't be broken now, the, uh, he's going to make a unity that can't be broken throughout eternity. Uh, and, and we have that now in the present in, in part, uh, and we're experience, we experience that in church. We have that unity now, even as we live like unity in the bond of the spirit, right? Uh, but there's that language thing still. So we, we like the gospel still needs to be understood in the language, which is why I understand all those contextualizations. But the, the yeah, the Filipino church is just everything's in English. But but I do understand your your point. There is still enough cultural, I you know cultural stuff to make it. Uh, a contextualized ministry. That's what you're saying, right, Aaron? Uh, that was Henrik. Oh, oh yeah, I was saying that too. But um, yeah, uh, I maybe I should also say I was telling Henrik earlier that I think that um, it's important to understand that when you focus on a specific people group, it doesn't necessarily mean it's. I'm not like saying we should be against multi-ethnic or like a community church. Or you know, to all the nations, I think that there is a um, um, there is a place for reaching a specific people group. I think you know God has a heart for specific people groups as well as you know we should reach all the nations. Yes, um, the way that I see it is that in reaching out a specific people group, the one that I'm already uh, a part of and I'm familiar with. I'm helping reach all the nations by reaching that specific people group. Now again, like Henrik said, it can become sinful if like your meeting is based on your ethnicity alone, right? I mean, that's not why we meet, but... Or, yeah, or if the, if the unity you're building upon is premised upon them. Yeah, but I think it's wise to look at it, and I think I mentioned this to you before, it's wise to kind of use that culture as a way to reach people because you already know it, right? Like, it doesn't make sense to, like, 
broadly say I'm gonna reach Houston or like I'm gonna reach America like okay well like what's the plan like what's the strategy you gotta start somewhere right like you can't just say like I'm gonna go to Romania or like I'm gonna go to Philippines if you were for example like a missionary you would probably say okay I'm gonna pick this people group I'm gonna study their language I'm gonna study their culture I'm gonna live with them so I understand them and I'm gonna reach out to them and I think like in in the US right like there is a, there is enough gap between majority culture and like Filipino American culture that there is a place for Filipino American Christians to do the reaching out where it's why it's a wiser use of resources and time yeah and I think um another example of that is like college ministries um, their focus their their strategy I guess is to focus on college students so it's in terms of strategy you're focusing on a certain people group um, but your vision is not just those people but um, yeah for all nations all right I'm gonna switch the questions a little bit and then uh, yeah uh, so what are the advantages and benefits of a multi-ethnic church and Flip side is disadvantages and downfalls of a multi-ethnic church. Henry, can I take this one? Well, I think the advantage um, is seeing like unity and diversity. Like you can see how uh, it, it kind of. I think what I've read before. I read a Nine Marks article about this. Um, it was saying how uh, when you when the church see when non-Christians see churches that are diverse, it shows that there's something that unifies them that is not ethnic focused so they're centered around something uh, and that something can cross cultural gap cultural barriers and so it's a testament but if uh if 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 we don't have multi-ethnic churches and everything is just mono-ethnic what does that say to the world it says that uh we're not really we're just like the world in that we only stick with people who are like us so I think that's the advantage of multi-ethnic churches. Um, and I think the old, another advantage is being able to reach out to your coworker. Like I have coworkers who are not Filipino and it would just be easy for me to invite them to my church if, I, if it's a multi-ethnic church. And I couldn't do that with a Filipino church because they would feel like a sore thumb. Like it, they would feel that they don't belong. But if it's a multi-ethnic church, they see different ethnicities so they feel like it's like another typical american setting like in schools uh they have um different ethnicities there and so if you're in a multi-ethnic church it kind of has that sense of uh, it's american when it's a, a mixture of different ethnicities and just seeing the beauty of different how people different cultures worship god I think that's another value. Like, if you're always in your same culture, um, if you're always in your same church, uh, you don't get to see how do black people worship God or how do white people or Hispanics, how do they worship God? Uh, what do they value? And things like that. So in a multi-ethnic church, you can learn different kinds of stories that are not similar to your own. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's where I would start. Man, that's like a full page answer. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good answer. Um, I like. I think for me, I would. I'm just gonna look at it in one angle, right? Like, I would look at the question in relation to immigrants. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of what we were talking about. How like Asians who go to immigrant. Uh, Christians who go to the D4G conference, it feels more like a going to Jurassic Park, <laughs> where you go <laughs> and watch your favorite preacher. Dinosaur. Yeah, the <laughs> dinosaur. <laughs> but yeah. Um, have you been at D4G? No. Have, We've been have you been? At, yeah, you've been. At, yeah, which was a contextualized ministry. <laughs> what, what did you go to TGC at all? No, I did. I got the chance, opportunity to go and 
help out, but in the the one in the West Coast, but I didn't I didn't get to too busy with school. Hmm. I went to the uh, National Apologetics Conference in uh, North Carolina, and yeah, there were not many Asians there, but uh, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to TGC 2015. Sounds crazy saying it. It's like, well, it doesn't sound as crazy as Warp Tour 2004. So Warp Tour 04 was a long time ago. Anyways, I don't, I can't remember if, I don't know if I was paying attention to how many white people or black people or Asian people I saw or like Hispanic people. I, I wasn't keeping, you know, it wasn't like something that I was actively, uh, engaged with in my mind uh i think i was just there you know just because like it was it was just good to be in fellowship with the people who were there for the gospel um yeah I, th I think i agree with like henrik's answer like there is a benefit to a watching world you know seeing uh like a, a unity that that's, you know, one guy from Epic, I remember one year I went, he said that, um, it was like, it was like one of the MCs, right? And it was just a quick comment before like one of the evening sessions. He, he said, yeah, it's great because we have a unity that it's like we're a family and uh, we're, it, it runs deeper than blood. And I was Isn't like, Epic more like, Asian Americans? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like all, yeah. So, so like, I saw a lot of Chinese people and then like a lot of Korean people. But he, he said like the the un the unity that Christians have is it runs deeper than blood. It's the blood of Jesus, and I totally agreed with him. Uh, so, you know, you can see that in. In, 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 a, in that kind of situation, you have just all these people who are, who are gathered together. They wouldn't be in unity with each other for any other reason other than Jesus. Uh, if it was not for what Jesus has done for, for them and for the other people that they're, they're with, for the church, for the family, the flock. Uh, yeah. I always think of contextualized stuff in languages. That's just me. Yeah, I um, I don't remember where I read this. It's like my friend's friend wrote a blog about how actually difficult it is. So I don't know if this is a disadvantage, but more of like a difficulty, I guess. So um, this person was just writing about how actually difficult it is to have a true multi-ethnic multicultural church because like i think he was talking about like how in his church like they have people who are like vegetarians and they have people who believe that like you know you should like only eat steak or um uh basically he was just making the point that like when they do have like fellowship it's hard to figure out like okay what are they gonna do like where are they gonna eat and like it's just you know difficult especially like you know it, like people who are preaching there um you don't want to like offend the environmentalists who's like in your church like like it's so so diverse right like you have like it, it, this was like a church in california so it's like you have all these sorts of different people walking in and have different beliefs and so like just making a silly example about the the environment might offend somebody so so it's like um it's beautiful when it works out right like that when everybody puts christ um before their differences but the reality is there is some difficulty with it and you know maybe i i guess that's where like it's a good thing when we actually see it working it's beautiful um, but I think a lot of people don't really understand, right? When they aim for like multi, uh, what is that? Multi-ethnicity, uh, the kind of um, um, grace and understanding that you have to be able to show, especially if it's like a different culture, right? Like if there, if there's actually like 
what if there's uh, like truly uh not like a filipino american but like filipino filipino in your church and like a true korean not like korean american and like a sudanese right like you have to like learn their culture you have to understand who they are um what's offensive to them right like just so that you could actually share the gospel it's not as easy as like oh yeah come here and eat pizza but the person doesn't like eat um or or come here and eat pork or something <laughs> but that person doesn't eat pork or you know what i mean like there's there's actual difficulty that some people don't understand and i think uh, we probably are not talking about like the extreme of like multi-ethnic where there is like these we're probably just talking about like multi-ethnic in the sense that like people who belong in your community but i was just trying to give that extreme example hmm. well i i would probably offend an environmentalist too so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but isn't isn't that what the gospel is it's a it's a rock of offense a stone of stumbling for people and it's foolishness to those who don't believe but i but God saves all sorts of people, you know? And yeah. uh, it just happens. Sometimes people just walk through the doors of, of churches sometimes, especially in this season. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was just sitting down with my elders uh, earlier in the week, and they were saying, oh, yeah, we had a we had a Muslim and a Roman Catholic come in to a church just because they they wanted to do something spiritual and their church like their their places of worship were closed right well the the catholic church was closed and i think the person who came with the Muslim, i think they were like i think they're in a dating relationship they met on bumble i didn't i didn't even know that was a dating app but <laughs> they met on bumble they came to our church i was like what 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 is going on but but that's what the lord is doing like the, god just brings people in uh yeah and and they if they sit under the preaching of the word like you don't know what God's word will do. You're yeah, just yeah, yeah. Faithful. No, I think. No, I think you're. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying again that it's a disadvantage of multi-ethnic church, but I'm just pointing out that sometimes we don't know. I mean, we don't realize the kind of sacrifice we have to make to have that multi-ethnic church. Are you thinking in line of like, like Paul? I became like. Yeah, I mean, like like, like things for th- these people. Yeah, like imagine I imagine if I truly have a multi-ethnic church, I I have to like know them, know their culture. Like um right like uh if it's a Filipino, I I already know like I got to I got to get whatever food they give me or else it's offensive. You know, you know what I mean like little things like those. Um obviously mm. um, or you got to fight over the check a couple times and then you settle. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is like, um, it takes work to truly have a multi-ethnic church. I mean, it's going to take work, you know, in whichever situation it is, it's yeah. gospel work yeah. and it's, uh, more laborers, laborers are few, but there's a lot of work to do and it's, it's, it's plowing. Yeah, uh, plowing the hearts of people, whether they're in your cultural context or not, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard work, regardless. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think in uh, relation to what Aaron said about knowing your church, I think that that's the um, that's something that we need to do more of. Is we need to underst- we need to seek to understand other people's cultures more. Um, I think uh, very often people will say that this church is unbiblical because of they don't agree with their way of doing church. But I think, um, for example, if you think about missionaries when they go to another culture and they share the gospel and then their church naturally rises, um, you have to like kind of like make sure you're not bringing your American Christianity to them. You have to, uh, you have to make sure that what you're giving them is pure, just Christianity. And then uh, it's kind of like uh, what happened with Paul. Uh, some some Christians were thinking, do we have to make them Jews first and then make them be yeah. Christian? Uh, but Paul was saying, no, we should just make them be Christian. And we don't have to make them follow my Jewish customs to be Christian. So likewise with missionaries, 
and also with multi-ethnic c- c- scenario situations, you don't want to have your congregation and that you're 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 unknowingly making them conform to your Amer- uh, your your cultural uh, expression of Christianity. So you have to be aware of your cultural bias or not bias, but your culture, the way you do church, the way you. Uh, what values you have as a as you're in your culture, and you also have to be aware of what their values are. Um, and just to give a simple example, is like time. How do perception of time? Like if you're in a multi ethnic <laughs> setting, there's going to be that struggle with uh, color people time, where the uh, the white people will come PPT. on time. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? PPT. CPT. Oh yeah, CPT. What's so that? yeah, kind of. Colored people time. Colored people time. <laughs> yeah, so like... <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So, so like... Like if you're a white pastor, you can kind of feel like, oh, they're disrespecting me because they're not coming on time. But then if you're more aware of their culture, then... Uh, oh, that's a very good understanding. example. Yeah. That's a very good example. All right. Yeah, so I think that's where it starts with multi-ethnic churches. They need to learn how to... Uh, understand each other's cultures all right so we've reached the hour i think it's about time to end so uh henrik make your spiel yeah okay i guess i can close it yeah anyways thanks guys for watching or listening if you're listening on our podcast stream or uh you're watching on youtube or any of our social media thank you for listening we hope you listen to our next episode and thank you to our guest neo for coming in and being our first guest.